everybody, this is Ian Riccoboni, the voice of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Same with Conrad, they were very appreciative of my time and they really worked with my schedule. The Conrad's team uh, met me at the hours that I needed to meet them to walk through the specifics. Uh, the paperwork was clear, the communication was clear to make the decision super easy to work with. So we actually went from a 30-year mortgage, we refinanced down to a 15-year mortgage, and now our house is gonna be paid by the time the kids go to college. If you wanna save like I did, and like Nick Aldis did, and so many others uh, in the professional wrestling world, please go to savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender, It's savewithconrad.com. Hey, this is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, 16 times your world champion. As you know, the host of Woo Nation. And along with my co-host, the infamous Conrad Thompson, the millionaire with nothing but time. And today we have the most special guest we've ever had on the show. Actually, the man responsible for getting me this podcast with CBS. The legendary, the one and only Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve, how are you? Man, I'm doing good. I had a good time last night. It's funny because as we talk, we're here in New York City in the world's smallest hotel room. <laughs> God dang, Conrad walked in. I thought we was going to need a crowbar and a shoehorn to get him in the room. <laughs> I ain't saying that to knock Conrad. I'm saying that to knock out small these hotel rooms was. And the funny thing is, I walked into the bar last night just looking to get a little bit of Mexican food. And it's funny because it's an Irish-Mexican food combination. Mm. So it's a weird combination. I said, yeah. damn, Ric Flair is sitting at the damn... <laughs> Bar, but I don't want to bother you because you was deep in conversation with Conrad, and then he knows me, and he brought our attention together. Of course, there we are sitting there drinking beer. So here we are doing doing a podcast. Well, so beer and uh, a little tequila. Hey, no, no, not a little out. Crown Royal for him. And, but and we, but we didn't go crazy. No, now, Conrad no. did. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Conrad was gonna wear his damn arm out flagging that bartender back and forth. Right. Did yeah. you see the bartender's shoes? Yeah. He had full traction at the end. By the time yeah. it looked like his cleats is <laughs> melting off. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Rick. And thanks, that was thanks. that wasn't bad. Coke either. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. I've been wanting to pay you back because yeah. you're on my show way back in the day, and then you did me. I, I, I call I call that one segment a 15 minute Broadway. We went 45 minutes, so yeah. I owe you the return favor. I'm glad to be your guest, and you're my favorite wrestler of all time. So I leave it over to you. Well, thank you. You know, it's the irony of this is what you just brought to my attention. Our first show was at SummerSlam two years ago. Our first meeting up in the hotel room after my infamous day and, uh, <laughs> and my infamous <laughs> appearance at 2k just... where you're going tonight it's funny i haven't been invited back by 2k yet either, so. <laughs> that was that was like uh that was like in roswell i mean still no one really knows what happened that night but uh jobs were lost tears were shed and, were drunk. <laughs> and people were sent places <laughs> where we won't tell but <laughs> that's hilarious yeah. and a lot went down in a very short period of time and for the record the uh the can popping was diet coke this time so. yeah exactly yeah it's a little um, different two years later well yeah but you know it's funny because when i went up to steve's room i said steve i'm in enough trouble now let's just get a case of beer <laughs> the and he said you're right who cares i don't think i can dig you out of this rick we'll have some fun talking about it though <laughs> jesus and it's funny steve was laughing his ass off i mean everybody was enjoying it and i was, it was just, great no no it was great until i brought up the fact that john cena was, was drinking that 
That's the part that rubbed him wrong. And probably mentioned that Daniel Bryan had never been to a WrestleMania. So why could you ask him the question? <laughs> I don't well, I, know. I, I think at the end of the day, it was good for 2K, and they everybody uh, there enjoyed it. I mean, maybe it was they enjoyed it because it was a train wreck, but nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a night I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. No, the 2K talking. people loved it. They said, that was so exciting. It was so boring. I said, well, that's what I'm here for, guys. But um, anyway, 2K hasn't invited me back. Thank God I'm in the game. <laughs> Steve can speak for me tonight because so, I'm in so the game. So 2K invited you here? Huh? So 2K invited you here? Are you going to be there tonight at the same function? No, 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 no. No, I said I'm on the game. They have not oh, invited okay. me back to participate in the gotcha. panel. Even though they might like me, the WWE would probably go, uh, maybe another time. Yeah. <laughs> Rick signing somewhere. <laughs> We're not going to have Woo Nation back on the 2K16 panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There we go. So anyway, Steve, we were talking about last night. You know, there is so much that goes into your career. And, I mean, I go back, and I was thinking last night about talking about you and Steamboat and how great the matches were and how in Iowa one night Hogan and I had to go on after he and Steamboat went on. In career. But then I, I go back to another incident that was great, too. We were in Norfolk, Virginia. It was me and Arn Anderson against you and who? God dang it. You see, here's the thing, Rick. You remember more about my Brian. Career than I, uh, That's Brian. Pittman, oh, right? Brian. Okay. We yeah, yeah, tore yeah. it down, man. Yeah. And Arn and I didn't tag that much because he was basically Tully, but Tully had gone. And uh, we went, they put us on in Norfolk for about 30 minutes, man, and we tore the joint down. I used to love that building in Norfolk. Oh. That, was, that was a good good neck of the woods for pro wrestling. Yeah. And good times. And, man, I miss Brian to this day. Oh, Jesus. And because I, I never did really like tag team. Well, I love to watch tag team mm-hmm. wrestling because it can be so exciting when you have teams like, you know, Arn and Tully, Arn and uh, Ole, yeah. uh, the Midnights, the Rock and Rolls. Yeah. And, then, you know, we got together as Hollywood Blondes and we, were, we established this chemistry. That's when I really fell in love with it. Yeah. But that, then, you know, you always have the, the the liability of relying on your partner to stay healthy. Yeah. And so I got smoked. I tore my arm up. And anyway, they split us up. But I got a lot of fond memories of Brian. But man, Norfolk, those were some back. That was back when uh, you know that old school wrestling. Oh, sure. Was yeah. it was bad. And yeah. you know the the buildings were about a half to three quarters full. It wasn't like the territory was on fire. But it was one of the funnest times of my life because you were still running rough shot. Yeah. Arn was still in yeah. ring. All the guys that I looked up to and I was sharing the same life. Well, you with. guys crashed a flare for the gold. And it yeah. had the deal, and it worked out great. You know, the thing was, you know, sometimes, and it's only the, the only. I don't, I'm not even going to mention any names, but sometimes when something gets over so good, they just pull the carpet on it. And that thing got over great when you and Brian came out, and we had one match, and then nobody got hurt that night. They didn't get hurt that night, but they just took their, took the program away. Yeah, yeah, it was what it was. But, yeah. you know, hell, I went on down the road and everything happened. It yeah. turned out okay. No, it worked, it worked out great. <laughs> but, I mean, I was mad as a hornet because, you know, first of all, when they were going to put us into it, uh, you know, right there in Dothan, Alabama, I was about to go on a singles run with Harley Race as my manager mm-hmm. as a U.S. champion. All of a sudden, the rug got pulled out from under me, and then they put me and Brian together. We got that over, and then they yanked that out from under me. So I was like, man, I don't know the crap or wind my watch, you know, yeah. WCW. But, you know, again, it was what it was, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy everything ended up like it did. Yeah, I mean, you went down the road, and it's kind of like, you know, I think about this, too. Hunter came to me, and he goes, um, when Hunter is like 93, and you'd already you'd already taken off. Yeah. And Hunter goes, um, you know, they offered him like 250 grand because he was Regal's partner, the, the Blue Bloods, whatever they were. And, uh, you know, Vince called him, and I go, hey, you know, it's 250 grand. He, he said, I, it doesn't matter, which caused one of the biggest fights I've ever had with Randy Savage, all in the same story. He said, I'm gone. And, of course, the rest was history with Hunter. Right. Came up to join you, and, I mean, everything just started falling together for them again, thank God. 
But Savage came in that day. And Savage wanted to beat Hunter in like 30 seconds. I said, that ain't going to happen. Beat him where? Not in WCW? He wanted to beat him in in, in the center stage. Oh, really? In 30 seconds. 30 seconds. On the way, got on the way out. And I said, that ain't going to happen. Savage, got, Savage and I had the worst argument of all time. Not that I had anything, but I did. You know, you're like someone's talent. You just don't squash a guy going out the door. I mean, you know. Right. And I, I mean, I don't think it, you don't do. I don't think you do that to a guy. You know, it's kind of like, you know. And I'm, I'm, I throw another story into it when I did the, the, the favor for Kurt Henning to go back to WCW. You know, Ole says to me, "What are you worth to me now?" He just did a loser leave town last night on national TV. I said, "Ole, I'm going to show you what I'm worth to you." And I went next door to Bob Do, and I said, "It's me or him." <laughs> See, Ole, <laughs> true yeah. story. Yeah. No, I did. I mean, I mean, what, I mean, just because I, I Kenny didn't beat me in five seconds. He beat me in a twenty-minute match. It was a great right? match. Yeah, it went real well. And it, yeah. we, and I, we did a thing the week before with Santana. You know, Vince doesn't do stuff like that, right? And uh, so I, <laughs> that's when me and Ole really fell apart. He said, "You're not worth anything to me now." I mean, Jesus, uh, doing a favor for someone like Kurt Henning doesn't hurt anybody. No. Well, not, especially with this, with WCW on yeah. closing the doors. Yeah. They couldn't get anything going. You know what I mean? And then. So anyway, Hunter left, and I, I had him had Savage wrestle arm for twenty minutes. So he, when it aired, he called me and he goes, "Savage goes, that looked like shit. I blew up." I said, "Buy a stairmaster and hung up on him." <laughs> True story. So, <laughs> so you and Hunter were friendly even back in the WCW days when he was. That's first how he in. got in, he got into business through me. Oh, I didn't realize he, that. he worked at a Gold's Gym in West in uh, Westchester, Mass. Uh, he's from Massachusetts. What the right, name? Right. New Hampshire. New Hampshire, Westchester, New Hampshire, right? Gold Gym, and he came down to a Gold Gym seminar, and that's when I had the eleven clubs in right. uh, North Carolina and South Carolina, and uh, that one in uh, I've had in the Caribbean for a while before the hurricane. And uh, he was working the Gold Gym, and he came down to an uh, ACS seminar, which was American Club Systems, the management company. And of course, I, I came out of the bar entertaining as myself, right, with a balloon or something like that. And yeah, of course. Hunter, and Hunter handed me a tape. I took the tape back, and he was in Atlanta two weeks later. That's cool. And then the great story when he walked in the door, and I, Steve, you'd already gone by then, and he walked in the door, and Harley was sitting there. Harley was managing Vader. And he, it's a great, you know, Harley Race, and you love him like I do, Steve. So I go, uh, uh, Harley, this is a. Uh, Paul Levesque is going to be Triple H. And, and Harley goes, who trained you, kid? <laughs> and uh, this is Hunter's voice, but I always love doing this. Yeah. Killer Kowalski. <laughs> He's the shit. <laughs> true, true story. Did Harley have him with Kowalski? He didn't want, Harley wasn't afraid to say what he thought. Kowalski wouldn't work. He knew that. Right. He looked like a million bucks, and when he didn't, became a vegetarian. He didn't even look good. Jeez, he used to have the greatest look in the world. But what got him over was jumping off the top rope and taking over UConn, taking off UConn Eric's ear. Right. Yeah, and uh, so dude, that was a shoot, though UConn Eric's ear. But basically, it was just so cauliflowered and calcified it knocked it. It was off. an accident, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that those guys were stiff back, and I, I just saw. I came in at the tail end of guys like Hans Schmidt and all that. You know, I saw right. him. I never had to work with him, but. Some of those guys were just brutal, man. And I just saw that at the end of it. You know, basically, um, you know, it's like I tell the story when I was in the locker room. My first show in Minneapolis, 1972, and Mad Dog Vashon is the AWA champion, right? 
And uh, if you don't know Mad Dog, you, of course, have met him over the years, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. and only one voice like that in the world. And I guess Gagne came in and said, you're going to do the favor tonight. And we <laughs> could hear, not tonight, Gagne. <laughs> not tonight and not until I say so. <laughs> okay. What do you, oh, what do you say to that? <laughs> Why do you, you didn't, the Mad Dog was shy. He didn't say much at all. Not only was he tougher than hell, he was a real good amateur wrestler. He was on the 48 Olympic team. Same team that Vern right. was on. Uh, he represented Canada, and Vern was an alternate for the United States. He was a good amateur wrestler. That's cool. But tougher than hell, too. I mean, Mad Dog stories are legendary. But right. Anyway, going back to, to Steve. So Steve moved on, and then you got up there, and you went to ECW, correct, first for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, that arm was busted, and uh, Eric Bischoff fired me on the phone, and so Polly called me and said, hey, man, come up here and cut some promos. And I was like, man, it sounds good to me because, you know, at the time, man, I had a wife and a kid and a house payment to make just like everybody else, so I went up there and started to cut a promo. And, uh, you know, with Paul Lee, at first kind of opened my eyes up to, to learning how to do that. And if there was anything that I was missing, mechanically, I was proficient in the ring. I could have a match with anybody. Oh, yeah. About five, six years in. I certainly wasn't a superstar by any stretch of the imagination, but the mechanics I had down, uh, the psychology, you know, obviously, man, I think that 10-year mark is really the magic mark mm -hmm. for going back and forth, healing baby, uh, to, to really have everything down at, 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 a, at a very, you know, knowledge that's very, has a lot of depth to it. So anyway, go up there and cut promos with Paul Lee, and he helped, he helped a brother out. And then, you know, by that time, Vince called me and went up there as a ringmaster. And, you know, of course, that gimmick was a drizzling shits, but at least it got me in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, tell me, I, I I know how the Stone Cold thing came about. So the ringmaster, was that Vince's idea or yours? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I didn't know I'm where you pitched something. I'm going to myself with this computer cord. <laughs> no, no. I didn't, know who, I didn't know who pitched it. He just gave that to you? Hey, no. My phone rang. This is a shoot. Back in the day, you know, you used to have, you know, telephones and hanging on the yeah, wall yeah. with a long cord yeah, yeah. you know and you'd first you come with a little five foot cord but if you had a little dough you'd go down to radio shack and get you the 20, 20 foot, foot cord, cord so you could actually do something right yeah so anyway my phone rings i answer it it's fucking vince yeah and he goes steve Patrick man how you doing pal i said i'm doing good vince yeah. he goes, well i want to run something by you i want to bring you in as the ringmaster. you know the master of the ring and I'm sitting there thinking, what the fuck? The master of the ring, the ringmaster? It sounds like shit. But I got bills to pay. So I said, yeah, yeah sounds like a good idea. What time you want me to start? So I fly, yeah, come on in. But, you know, originally, I guess this gimmick had been around. Uh, their creative staff had, I guess, stockpiled a couple of gimmicks. Yeah. And, of course, they didn't see nothing in me. I kind of had thinning blonde hair. You know, and I had a decent physique. I, mean, I wasn't a bodybuilder. I wasn't. I kind of wrestling physique, like yeah, you. Exactly. You know, got it looked pretty good. But we're not gonna blow the doors off anybody mm -hmm. when you walk down the beach. But I could go a little bit. Yeah. You know, and so he just kind of had this gimmick for me. It's pretty much a throwaway gimmick, I think. And I said, well, what do you want me to do for an outfit? And they wanted to put some uh, those uh, dark green trunks on me, like because they were the color See, of money. I, I never saw you as a ringmaster. Oh yeah, so it was. I, it I was never brief. saw it. it That's why. And yeah. uh, because it was color money, and they said, we're going to bring in uh, Ted DiBiase. He's going to be your manager. You're coming as a million-dollar champion, so you'll come in as a champion. So we're going to put DiBiase as my mouthpiece because I knew I couldn't talk. Uh, well, they hadn't seen the ECW stuff yet. And I said, what about boots? Because I still had those white uh, Hollywood blondes boots yeah. with a star on them. He goes, I oh, don't worry about the boots. I'll be fine. I said, well, what about a jacket or anything like that? Don't worry about a jacket. So when they tell you don't worry about boots, don't worry about a jacket, they're yeah. going to stick some green trunks on you, I know that they really ain't thinking I'm going to get over for shit. So yeah. nonetheless, I went up there and it sucked ass. And, and six months later, I come up with a different gimmick. And then that's how we shifted in the Stone Cold thing. But that gimmick was originally pitched to me. It was from their creative. 
and you know that was my foot in the door and everybody knew it back in the day now don't get me wrong when you were in uh running roughshod in nwa that was a place to be but but as things you know transitioned everybody knew that the wwf was the big leagues right mm -hmm. and that's where you aspired to go i'd had my run in the nwa well yeah. it's wcw yeah Things didn't work out. I had to go to the big leagues. It was a bad spot on the roster, yeah. but nonetheless, a spot on the roster. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, is that it, with WCW, it was never the NWA. It just no, the, no, no. Whole, it wasn't the whole thing. Different. Just the fell prestige apart. wasn't there. No. The and, the, yeah. the whole atmosphere, everything changed. Yeah. I mean, and Steve, North Texas State. Yeah, I've, I've done all my all my stuff. He, <laughs> he's a guy. He like he likes the Cowboys. He likes everybody down there. Um, but uh, in Dallas, right? And uh, I didn't meet him until WCW, but you wrestled yeah. in Dallas for a while, right? Before you came into Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he grew up in that whole, I mean, if you're from Texas, that whole Von Erich tradition and the Lothario and Wahoo, I mean. Man, those guys were big-time stars in Texas. Huge, yeah. big-time. A lot of people don't understand how hot those Von Erichs were. And don't get me wrong, I saw you wrestle uh, David. I saw you wrestle Kerry. I saw you wrestle mm. all those yeah. guys. And and you know how over they were. Oh. And, and and David was a pretty good worker. Yeah. And Kerry got rest his soul was was a decent worker, but very you know people just love that guy. But they were man, as they were as big as anybody uh, that was in the business in Texas. Exactly. And and Keith Mitchell was the guy behind it to put together. And then Michael, first of all, Michael Hayes comes in. Michael Hayes says, "Let's give these guys some music." Right. You know, Kamala came came to New York with music from Dallas. That music didn't come from New York. Yeah. Hayes threw that together with, with Keith Mitchell. Then they made that video, as you know, Steve, of Kerry riding that goddamn horse, yep, yep. that Palomino on the yep. beach to uh, the theme, the Rocky theme, yep. in the loincloth and the yep. hair and all. I mean, they, that, they also had that training video of him yeah. uh, running that white snake. Here I go again, running mm -hmm. down the beach in the gym, pumping iron. Yeah. I mean, had those guys built up. Hey, man, you, you, you brought up Michael P.S. Hayes. I know this is your podcast. But WrestleMania 32 is going to be in Dallas, Texas this got, year. He's got to get if the fabulous Freebirds, yeah. Michael yeah. Hayes, don't go in, into the uh, WWE Hall of Fame this year, I will be flabbergasted, bamboozled, and confused because those guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm asking you, as a Hall of Famer yourself, do the Freebirds belong in the Hall of Fame or not? Well, here, here's how strongly I feel about it, okay? Number one, 2011, the year that they inducted um, Sean. Right? right, Atlanta, Georgia. Right, Aaron Anderson should have gone in as a single. Right, okay, but my feeling, yeah. and the Freebirds should have gone in there. They were well, huge in yeah, Atlanta. I mean, because you know, Bad Street, Atlanta, yeah. GA, yeah. Yeah. kind of build themselves from there. Are you kidding? They were huge yeah. on, the, on the on the Super Channel. We're talking about though with this year. Do you think the Rebel flag thing is going to hurt their chances? Oh man, piss on the Rebel flag. That ain't going to hurt their chances of getting into the Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, it's, it's long overdue. He's yeah. got to go in. No, I agree. It's overdue. I just wonder how do I mean, they that, that show thing, the video? No, that. no, no. You ain't got to put that in any of the video footage. You know all that that stuff. And I can understand that the, the stuff behind the flag. But this was back in the day. Right. And I'll tell you what. Back in about 1987, when I was mm -hmm. in North Texas State, I used to pay my hard-earned money to go to Von Eric, go go to the uh, sports store in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And man, here comes uh, Michael PSAs, and he had that Rebel flag robe on. And, 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 and I'm not endorsing <laughs> it, but I'm just saying back in. Yeah. I'm talking about 1987. 
Yeah. And he had that damn sequin robe on. He had his hair going. And hell, the entrance alone was worth the 10 bucks. I think. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I ain't yeah. seen him work yet. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they get a damn set of steam on yeah. him, Von Eric. So yeah. uh, with with uh, with respect to all the, the rebel flag, you know. Controversy. Controversy going on. You know, again, I understand everybody's sensitivity towards that. I'm just talking about no just because that was part of their gimmick back in the day. It should not impede their progress as far as being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, one of the rules about our podcast is we don't talk about politics. I don't either, bro. No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I really don't. No, I mean, I, I don't think about it. Yeah, it, 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 we, it. You know, if we can't talk about wrestling without having to worry about something that happened yeah, yeah. 20 years ago, there's something No, but wrong. Conrad, but yeah, but just but as part of the imagery, I just yeah. think you actually that from the video yeah. package and you're good to Yeah, go. of course, yeah, I do too. But I mean, most assuredly, I thought they would have gone on before. But you look, when you look at what they did in the ring michael hayes was one of the people don't give that guy credit enough for being a great talker mm -hmm. and a hell of a damn great commentator uh, and, and his work was good but gordy was the worker out right. of that bunch gordy Unreal. was the big heater bully and of course buddy jack roberts because yeah. every everybody in the building just knew yeah. out, of, out of all three of them at least i can kick his ass yeah, exactly and yeah. That's why, yeah and that's why I had yeah. Yeah. Heat. yeah and of course you had ps stirring the pot and yeah talking all that trash and then you have Gordy with those facials and everything, yeah. and he'd say something. If he 300 pound Terry yeah. Gordy. I mean, yeah. you've seen, you've yeah. been to probably many tours of Japan with him. Oh, my God. That yeah. guy was yeah. gold. Yeah. I wish he was still around. Yeah. You know, the thing of it is, it, it, and Terry's like a lot of the guys that just, you know, and we can sit here like Steve and I, because we've certainly had our time, right? Right. You either, it's, you know, this is what, you know, something, a different subject, but along the lines of Terry Gordy and Kurt and all these other guys, right? You make your own choice. You can't blame it on the business. No. You either you fall for it or you don't. And Terry, who loved the drink, but yeah. he had the other gimmick, the other yeah. side too. And I mean it. And speaking of Japan, I mean, he almost died twice over there before he actually did die. Right. It, it's just sad, you know. And and but but that's you know, you, everybody wants to throw it down on the WWE. That isn't the way it works. As a we fan. all did, you know, we all put in the same time. We all bled. We all sweat. We all traveled. It's an individual choice, you know? Right. And so, I, I mean, I just I feel bad about it. But make no mistake about it, Terry Gordy was a big star here and in Japan. Yeah. He, he tagged up with uh, Stan Hansen over there. They were. Yeah. yeah. And then Steve Williams later on. Yeah, they were great together. Yeah. All the ladies love Slick Rick. You know they love Woo Nation. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. With Ric Flair. So, I, as a fan, I always hear guys talk about Terry Gordy as being, you know, this fantastic worker. Phenomenal. But I hear the I hear the guys say that. What is it, or what was it about Terry that was so special that you, as a wrestler, could appreciate that he did different from everybody else? Well, I think I, I, I stole one of my famous high spots. Well, not one of my famous a, a spot from Terry Gordy. It was just. Send a guy in, and both guys are hitting the ropes. As you're sending a guy in, you're chasing him. Duck two close lines, catch a cross body. Yeah. Gordy used to always do that spot. And then when I saw him with the two leg braces, I was like, God dang, man, that just looks tough. That guy's beat to shreds. Mm -hmm. Maybe he needs to get out of the business. I ended up with two leg braces. Just his movements, the, the way he yeah. – everything was was big, and it was played to the to the hundredth row and way back. Uh, everything he did looked solid. It made sense. He wasn't working for the cheap pop. He was just a badass, solid cat, and he was believable. And I believe that he could beat anybody's ass in that building. That's what I thought about Bam Bam. Yeah, you know, here's my take on it. And I, I work with him a lot, individually and a lot in tags. But he and 
the, 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 he had incredible athletic ability for a guy that didn't play college sports. And a guy that big. Yeah, and a guy that big. But he was Barry Windham, but yeah, 30 yeah. pounds heavier. Didn't hurt. Not a great talker. Not not the most charismatic guy, but man, you put him in the role where Barry was, and like Barry, I mean, it would be, you know, but eventually Barry's weight caught up with him. Christ, Barry right. weighs three fifty now. I mean, right. you knew that or not? No, I did not. Yeah, I mean these guys, but Gordy and Barry. I mean, Barry wouldn't have could do stuff that nobody. But Gordy seven. wasn't a crowbar either. No, Nothing he, he did, did with hurt. Barry. I mean, jeez, yeah. couldn't you know? You wouldn't even know they were there. Hey no, man, Gordy I wouldn't hurt anybody. Not to segue off, but I I was watching Jim Cornette. Sent me a bunch of DVDs. Thank you yeah. very much, Jim, from some old CWF stuff. And it was Black Jack Mulligan yeah. 30 years ago, 40 yeah. years yeah. ago. I, I don't remember. He took off his vest. Yeah. You would have thought the rock and roll just hit the, hit the yeah, ring. Yeah. The girls went apeshit for this guy. And I'm like, this is Black Jack yeah. Mulligan. You know, back when he was a good looking dude. I know, and man. Was I was wrestling. Him. And I was yeah. like, I could not believe it. As a matter of fact, his opponent that night was John Studd. Yeah. It, the match was what it was. It was that was in Charlotte. Type that was Charlotte yeah. territory. But God dang, I couldn't believe Mulligan got the chick pop that he got. Six, six, six <laughs> It was nine. awesome. Thick black hair, six yeah. nine, three hundred pounds. Big rugged hey, 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 and tougher than shit too. Oh, ain't no doubt about yeah, that. Man. I yeah, I watched him sucker punch Harley one time. I said, "What's going on here, man?" Why well, we said, okay. "Let's break it up." Why? Why would uh, Black Jack sucker punch Harley? Why did he sucker punch Ronda the Giant? I saw that too. Jack had the shortest temper in the oh, world. Okay. You had to have heard that. Okay, but but what happened with... Uh, Ask Slinker. You don't know about Slinker, right? Yeah, the karate but, guy. But, but let me ask you about when he when he hit Harley. Harley's tough as nails. You've backed him up. Well, I have times. a thousand times. But so we, what happened? We, we're in a hotel room in Greensboro. And it's Man, that's me, a great Wahoo. wrestling town. <coughs> Jack? That's a great wrestling town. No, the best. Yeah. We always stayed, too. It's 90 miles from home, but we always found her. We got us a big meeting tomorrow. Be home tomorrow. <laughs> No, but, so what uh, happened? No, he knocked Harley between two beds, and Harley couldn't get couldn't get out of it. You know what I'm saying? He, he knocked him between two beds, just hauled off, just sucker punched him, boom, down one Harley between two beds, and Mulligan jumped on top of him. And Mulligan's 300 pounds. Yeah. Harley couldn't get away. He's pinned against yeah. between two big beds. So it's me, Wahoo, and somebody else trying to break it up. Finally, get it broken up, and then man, it's me, Mulligan. Wahoo and race riding back and, and we uh, we had that Jack and I bought that tricked out uh, van right van yeah we did yeah. we're always ahead of our time something more than we could afford yeah. <laughs> and everything on TVs and all that and I'm I'm, and I'm, I'm driving and fucking Harley Ray and I'm at Mulligan sitting next to me and it's Wahoo and I'm, I'm just waiting for race to to smack him you know right. I mean, I, Knowing Harley, I did, but it never happened. I just I looked at Wahoo. I said, "Man, I don't even want to. I don't want to go home with you guys. It's going to be bad news." But it, it never happened. And, and uh, I'm telling you, and, and, and I, in all fairness, it's not nothing against Harley. Jack Mulligan was tougher than hell. Yeah, yeah. He hauled off, and he looked at Murdoch one time. We were we were sitting there in, at Virginia Beach, you know, on a deck of a bar. I can't think of the name of the bar. If I had a minute to think about it, I could. And he goes to Murdoch, watch this, bam. This is 1976. He nails nails Andre. Boy, Andre came out of that chair. He grabbed them both by the scruff of their shirt. Yeah, dragged them out in the water, drowned them both. He almost <laughs> killed them both. I swear to God, straight up, straight up, man. So and I, I and I, you know, I was watching it, walking backwards. Yeah, because I don't want him grabbing me. <laughs> no, this is when Andre before he. This is when he was, you That's know, when you go still pretty young. Can give the lifeguard the hot tag. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ooh. No, but Jack was just like that. I mean, do you yeah. remember the story about Slinker, the karate guy? Yeah. 
you know, it's kind of like uh, the greatest <laughs> the greatest story I've ever told about this, and you've heard me tell it, because I thought for sure Luger was going to get killed. So Jack becomes an agent. George Scott is the, becomes the new booker in WCW or whatever it Crockett, was at that yeah. point, Crockett. It, but it was down in Atlanta, so they hired Jack as a booker, I mean as an agent. So Jack's wearing a suit, sweating like hell, smoking the same one, right? We're in Marietta, Cobb County. You've been many times, Steve. Yeah. And Luger's wrestling Dutch Mantel. <laughs> Mulligan smoking a cigarette. And Luger says to Mulligan, why would a Lex Luger wrestle, <laughs> talking about himself in the third person, you know, again to Mulligan, right? Why would a Lex Luger wrestle a Dutch Mantel? <laughs> like, like he's <laughs> yeah. nothing, right? And I looked at Mulligan, and Mulligan looked at me and went, <laughs> he threw it out, he walked out the door. When I'm just thinking, he's just going to haul off and murder Luger for even asking him. He just, I said, what happens? I can't do this. I can't put up with these guys. Just walked out and quit. I'll kill somebody, he said. And he would. That's, you know, that was the thing. Right. You know, who, but who would, I mean, that's where that's Luger got so much heat with guys. Why would Lex Luger, okay? It's why would I, <laughs> you know, if, if that if that's the question. Hello is because the booker wants you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, you got to work sometime on TV. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a win. Yeah, you're not going to get a chance to work with Ric Flair every <laughs> single night <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, of your damn career. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you only did for two years of straight. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was. I, I knew that he wasn't going to be. Hey, agent. man, you mentioned a guy a while ago. Um, God dang, uh, Dick Murdoch. Yeah. Man, that dude could work his oh, ass my off God. when he wanted to. What mm -hmm. was his deal? Because, I mean, he had a great career, and I have nothing but respect for him. But, I mean, he could have he done better than he did. Well, here's the deal. You know, Dick was, uh, he was almost too good. And that's, uh, when I started in the business, the three guys that were my favorite were Ray, who is still my all-time favorite, Murdoch, and Harley Race. Okay, um... You know, I mean, my, my favorite. When you say Ray, you're talking Ray Stevens? Ray Stevens, gotcha. Harley Race, gotcha. and Dick Murdoch. Because okay. Dick Murdoch could really work. He and Dusty were a hell of a team. Mean, Outlaws, mean. Yeah, Damn yeah. Right he, and Dick would, but Dick, he, along with Terry, right? Um, I didn't see Terry till later on, but Murdoch had that ability to add a little humor to it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. like in St. Louis, I remember one night, in a town where there, where you were one, a downhill stretch, so figure four, a sleeper. I mean, the greatest wrestling town in the world, right? So one night he took a bump over the top rope, and I'm watching him. We're all standing back there at the keel, and he walked into the turnbuck and walked into the post and took a bump and fell down. I went, <laughs> and I said, "That's great." I mean, it made me laugh, right? Yeah. Because Dick Murdoch, right? He could do that, you know. Or he, you know, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Terry Funk came along yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. punches that were going nowhere, right? You know, but all those guys got that from Murdoch. Murdoch was phenomenal, and Murdoch, you know, like like. Nick Bonkwagon said to me, you, knew, you need to learn this as a kid. And I've always, you know, I respect you guys. And it was work I respected. He said, there's only two guys in the business that can come off the top rope on your throat. Just so you know. One of them is Dick Murdoch, and the other one's Ray Stevens. And that came from Bonkwagon. I mean, right. And he, he was throwing everybody into it at that point in time. Right. And, you know, the only two that ever came off on top were Dick and yeah. Nobody ever asked me to, you know what I mean? But, I mean, you, you let a guy, you know, because Stevens, you couldn't even feel it, but Dick Murdoch was 270 pounds. Right. Never worked out. And you know how he died, Steve? You know the story? No. You know, he all those guys, like, they love rodeoing, right? And he was, had his place in Amarillo. He had a trailer. Got divorced. You know, we know how that goes. 
Yeah. We're living in a trailer, you know, with a, like a little property there in Amarillo, about 15 minutes from Terry's ranch. And uh, he was rolled in in the afternoon, um, you know, going out and riding the bulls and all that stuff. All that. Came home, walked in his trailer, opened the Coors Light, boom, had a heart attack and died right there instantly. Wow. Yeah. So that would have, I mean, that's, you know, I hear about all these guys going, I hope for me. Yeah, it's either got to be a woman or something like that, or <laughs> talking to you like last night, or right here doing yeah, this. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't do well being sick in a hospital. Dusty wouldn't have either. Piper yeah. wouldn't have. I mean, we're not made to sit there in a hospital for six months with some kind of a stuff. And I mean, I I feel I'm really sympathetic to that. I I saw something that I'll never ever forget, and it scared me to death when Magnum TA was in that car wreck. Yeah, yeah. I was in Birmingham and that for wrestling Ron Fuller. I flew in, and it was a huge, huge deal in Charlotte. I mean, they had cop cars all around uh, CMC, which is the Carolina Medical Center. Which yeah. is, they, he was so popular, and wrestling was so big then in 86. Oh, dude, I remember how he, yeah, he was on his yeah. way to being a megastar. Yeah, and I walked, I walked in to see him, and he was, this is the days where the life support was at Iron Lung. Right. Oh. The big tin big tube, right? yeah. It was, like this, it was like this, right? And he couldn't, he, didn't, he couldn't move anything for 30 days, right? He was in his, into the only way he could communicate was to touch this little tongue depressor, right? Right. To get him to come, you know. And on the weekends, you know, wow. the weekend warrior deal, you know. Right. My parents had health care issues on the weekend because you're getting the people that are just there to, you know, to make a few bucks. And, I mean, I, I was horrified. I said, God, you know, I just couldn't do that. I I don't think I could take it here. And, I mean, that's uh, – I see Terry. I just saw him at, at Dusty's funeral, and I and I see him once in a while, and – uh Man, he's he's made it, but it's it's tough. He just dragged himself along. But Steve. what do you think? Speculation had that uh, car wreck never happened. Had he never got, uh, he would have been world champion eventually. He, he would have been uh, just one. Of, he would have been a big, one of the biggest stars of all time. I think. Yeah, uh, he, he had the look. Him. Yeah, he had the fire. The, the, just that way that he moved forward. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the most technical guy in the ring, uh, and and many haven't, nor am I. But man, the people, man, he was. Well, he had the look. He was incredibly yeah, handsome. Good man. looking yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's funny. Tully had some great, great oh, matches yeah. and a great feud. Yeah, yeah, he had some great stuff with everybody. Yeah. But man, he yeah. it seemed like he was going to be that next yeah. big guy. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story because people don't know this either. So, Crockett, as they grew, they bought this bigger office over off Carmel Road. They moved over from the office. They kept the land in the building on South Boulevard and moved over to this big place, thirty thousand square feet, put in rings and all that. Right, so. Holy and Gene, this is when Gene was breaking guys in, right? So, do you know the story about the mask guy coming in and all that? No. <laughs> okay, so, did you ever know Gene Anderson? No, I never hey, got a chance to meet him. Yeah, well, you you, you, you would love it. Hey, <laughs> so, this guy walks in with his dad to the office, and just the same day as Magnum comes, right, to break, to get a tryout. So, what Ole did, and Gene, they'd run these guys ragged up and down stadium steps. You've heard the stories, right? Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and beat the crap out of them. Well, this guy, this guy comes walking into the office with his dad, and I was there getting him. My, you picked our paycheck, and this guy goes, uh, my son wants to try out for wrestling. And Gene says to him, well, take off the mask. And the, and the kid goes, no, I'm, I'm taking my mask off. I'm like, no way. I'm. <laughs> oh, oh, my god. Okay, well. <laughs> I mean, we're the office. It's okay if we know who you are. No, no, no. You'll get it. They went back to the ring, and he wouldn't take off the mask. Ooh, man, dude, <laughs> they beat the crap out of that poor kid, man. I mean, just that's the way it was, right? 
So that afternoon, Terry Taylor comes in and Buzz Sawyer is down there with him, right? And they beat up Magnum so bad he came walking out and he saw me in the parking lot and he said, God, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. He said, what do you think I should do with Buzz Sawyer and Ole and Gene beat the shit out I said, if you go home, you'll never make it. You got, you got to come back tomorrow. And he did, but yeah. they, he paid the price, man. And he, and he was a good amateur wrestler. He wrestled in college. Yeah, Terry did. You know I what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, he you, wasn't a national but, champion. Yeah, but, but Rick, when you're in a situation like that, yeah. you're not really instructed to fight back. No, right? I know that's capacity. the point. But Buzz you're there Sawyer to take was an ass too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, no, and it, it, I, I didn't like that. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I I didn't like taking liberties with the guys. I didn't like watching it because they were, you know, they don't know they can fight back. You know, right? And you know, like like I'll give you an example. Eddie Graham was. Famous for that, he'd have Bob Roop and these guys kick the crap out of these guys, you know. And and one day he asked Briscoe to do it. Briscoe said, "I don't do that." Right. And Eddie and him had a fallen out. Jack wouldn't do that kind of stuff. Right. But that was their deal. And then then you know who, who broke them a habit of that? <laughs> a guy named Dick Slater walked in the office and wanted to become a wrestler. And they told Roop to soften him up. <laughs> Roop was laying cold in a pool of blood. Slater was that tough man. The rest is history. Dick Slater was, you would have loved him, man. 100 miles an hour down the road, he could work, he was just like Terry, and tougher than hell, boy. Asked him, remember that kid uh, that played football for the Oakland Raiders, Matusak? Yeah. <laughs> he beat up Matusak on the beach. He, sent up, he went up to his hotel room on spring break, and Slater was in high school. Matusak was at the University of Tampa with Orndorff at the same time, right? So he was hitting on Slater's girlfriend. Slater beat the crap out of him. You went up to his hotel room and Slater said, write me a note and apologize to me before you come out. <laughs> True wow. story. You didn't mess, nobody messed around with Slater, man. But I'd always heard about that from his uh, Mid-South uh, days down there in Watch Territory with some of the things that he did. But yeah, he put, I, one, he put one of our mutual friends' head in the yeah, toilet. I, but, won't, I won't say who. I know, but, but, but see, that's what I'd always heard. And I never got really uh, over a sweet chance Bron to get in the ring with Diggy Slater. Yeah. But, and, you know, he was a damn good wrestler, but... You know, he never reached like a big megastar status. Well, he had that accident. He was in that car wreck with Terry and what happened? Lantern. They were they were driving in a van, and uh, this is like 1986 or so. And terrible car wreck with Terry with uh, Terry Funk. We talked about it, and he suffered a terrible concussion and, and a spinal injury. Oh. You and you, he never it was never the same again. Oh, see, I never I never knew that, but yeah. I'd always heard that Diggy Slater was yeah. one tough son. Oh, whole point was he ever. Was he ever? I mean, you know, he he's back. Because they put him. Who was he together Bob, with when Bob. they were the hardliners? Bob. Oh, that was that, Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, but that, that was a good old school tag team. But no, but that was the infamous story where I was with Arn and I said, "Look out the curtain here, because then the Steiners ain't gonna ain't gonna stretch Dick Slater." No. And they hated working with, but they hated they you know those old guys. I don't want to work with them, but. There was no Frankensteiners. There was no belly to belly. Dick Slater in the ring. And you know what? I got to rewatch. I got to rewatch that match on YouTube because I, I remember that match, but I just hmm. don't remember the match in my head. No, you and I, I was. I'm sure you heard the conversation. Aaron and I were standing there. It was pay per view, it, it, wasn't it? No, I don't think it might have been. I think we were just taping. But they hated working with older guys, and you know, and they, in, in, in in all fairness, but I mean, I've seen Slater. The best example of Dick Slater it was Slater and Tenru. The famous Japanese yeah. wrestler against Brody and Hanson. Wow, that was the first time I saw how tough Dick Slater was because Brody and Hanson. This is in, this is in the Budokan, right in Japan. Right, sold out, and those guys. That's when they were on top of their game. Yep, brother Slater didn't fucking take a deep breath, and he. Excuse my language. He didn't take a step backwards, and Tenru 
you know, they're trained to die before they do anything, but <laughs> yeah. nobody sold nothing for 30 minutes. <laughs> but they didn't see, he was, they weren't, and Slater wasn't afraid of them at all. As a matter of fact, I mean, in my in my estimation, they were thinking, you know, let's take it easy on Slater. Because yeah, he, yeah. he had that punch, man. I mean, he could knock anybody out. I've seen him do it. Friends, family, and loved ones, I bet you haven't picked up that Father's Day gift yet, have you? Not to fear. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are here. I'm talking about our friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life this year. It's time to upgrade his game from waist to face with this exclusive offer. Have him join the 8 million men who already trust Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NATUREBOY at manscaped.com. Listen, let's be honest. You reckon Ric Flair knows a thing or two about manscaping? Of course he does. Well, let's start with the ultimate Father's Day MVP, the Performance Package 4.0. I have it on good authority. That's what Rick used to call his unit back in the 80s, the Performance Package. Inside this package, you'll find their signature Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. I wonder if any of his lady friends ever used those. Probably not. They got the brand new Weed Whacker. It's a 2.0. It's the ear and nose hair trimmer. And with a beak like Ric Flair, you need all the help you can get. How about the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant? I have it on good authority. Tony Schiavone was recommended this product by Ric Flair. Got him out of the Starbucks drive-thru. Got him on AEW. I wonder what it can do for you. How about the Crop Reviver Toner? At Rick's age, we need all the help we can get. Keep those boys out of the water. How about the Performance Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag to hold all the goodies? And who could forget? about the moneymaker you see manscaped has absolutely changed the game with their beard hedger pro kit for fathers around the world included is the beard hedger primer trimmer easy for me to say the beard shampoo and conditioner the beard oil the beard balm and two free gifts like the signature beard comb and scissors we all know that dads like comfort well man grooming is already dialed in right so let's be sure to hook him up with some manscaped boxers 2.0 Without a doubt, the best boxers for men of all ages. Whether he's out mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, golfing in the sun, whatever it is, these moisture-wicking bothers breathe, boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. That's what you want. You want your bag smelling good, and so does Dad. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code NATUREBOY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just be sure to use the code NATUREBOY. Make this Father's Day one he won't regret with Manscaped. Hey, in serious business, what did you give your dad for last Father's Day? He probably doesn't remember. He'll never forget the year you gave him the gift of a smooth dick. Manscaped.com. The promo code NatureBoy. Going to have your mama going, woo! You know, Steve, did you work in Japan besides WWE shows? No, no. Yeah, well, I mean, I went, uh, I went on three tours. And at one time, it was a three-week tour. That's when I tore my tricep. And then I went on two, like, a little single shot. So three three trips over there all together. But that one trip was three weeks long. And I remember that was myself, Arn. And I'll leave some people out of this. Cause, cause, cause I oh, Ron Simmons with you guys. Ron Simmons. Yeah. Ron, Ron, Ron <laughs> Damner went off the deep end. Yeah. Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit. Uh, the Getty Guerrero was on that tour. Yeah. Haku. Yeah. And there was a couple other guys, but I, I remember, uh, or it was a Barb. Barb was on there. Yeah. And so, man, like me and, me and Arn 
we're used to being over in the United States. A lot of those guys, <laughs> and Rod Simmons wasn't used to going over to Japan, but all those other guys that I mentioned were going back and forth to Japan right. all the time, so they were used to it. So like Arn and me are like, Arn was miserable. we're used to being on, on the road, yeah. but we're used to being on the road in the States. Yeah, yeah. So me and Arn were drinking like fiends, <laughs> beer, and That's how we maintained our sanity. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, the third night into the tour, I jump off a top turnbuckle, a Japanese guy moves, he was supposed to, bent my arm up too far, and tore my tricep off my elbow. Oh, God. I of course, I couldn't that. go home because yeah. you just got to work hurt, right? Yeah. So they put me in some tags, some six mans, and stuff like that. I'll never forget. It was me, Arn Anderson, and Ron Simmons working against three Japanese guys I can't remember. And all of a sudden, it was me and Arnold on the apron, and Ron was in there, and he was on fire. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Bing, bang, yeah. boom. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and Arnold looked at me and goes, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, right. He goes, Ron says, I'm glad enough. I'm, I'm glad I'm not a Japanese. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, hey, Ron was pretty tough, too, you know. And that's with due respect yeah. to all the people in Japan. Yeah. I'm just saying, dude, when, when Ron was on fire and slinging people around like yeah. a pinball, you couldn't stop him. No. No, Ron is, a, you know, I, I, I was going to say it about Kerry Von Erich earlier, but the two guys that could always bench press 500 any day of the week yeah. were Kerry Von Erich, which I've seen him do 100 times, and Ron Simmons. Yeah. No matter how much Crown Royal Ron drank, yeah. he could always bench press. He'd come in and warm up with 315 for 10. Yeah, those are the kind of guys that just pissed you off. Yeah, I know. Because I mean, I'd be in the gym, you know, working out like a son bitch. For a while, Tony Atlas trained with me. And oh, yeah. People don't know that, you know, Tony Atlas would drink some beer. Now, he could not drink me, but we'd go to the gym the next day, and sure enough, there would be Tony. 315 yeah. on the bar to start off with. Yeah. jump right to 405. Can't, can't, can't. I'm like, I'm over struggling with two and a quarter. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But Tony was always just naturally a strong guy. He was Mr. Uh, USA. Well, Mr. USA, but he was Mr. Uh, number one, he was a state champion in wrestling in the state of Virginia. Oh, I didn't know that. He was a good amateur wrestler. And I mean, Hey, he, did you know the story that uh, one time Paul Orndorff, uh, Mr. Yeah. USA, he, Tony Atlas. He crap out of Tony. Well, I know, but there was another guy in the car, and they got to an argument, and they said, pull this car over, mm -hmm. and I'll be damned if Tony Atlas and Paul Orndorff went at it, and Paul Orndorff bit off part of Tony oh, Atlas's oh, wow. ear. Yeah. And then so uh, they were working for Mid-South. So Tony missed the shot because his ear was messed up. Matt Bourne. And, and, was it Matt Bourne? Yeah. Well, so anyway, but but Bill Watts find him because yeah. he couldn't work that night. Paul Orndorff was a tough guy, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The Brandon Bull. Everybody yeah. I used to travel yeah. with Paul. Yeah. We used yeah. to hunt with him. But yeah. everybody knew Paul. And he, but, he had a short fuse, too. But nobody yeah. saw nobody really saw how short that fuse was. But we put up a lot until Leon gave him some crap that day. And he was wearing shower shoes like these. Boom, if he's got cowboy boots on, Leon would still be laying this there. Is a, that story, Rick, happened when I had my tricep injury. So I was down in Douglasville, Georgia, 25 miles away from uh, the television tape in there, mm -hmm. Center Stage. Center Stage. And here comes, you know, Brian Pillman. Yeah. I love a guy. He, he got on the phone, called me first thing. Kid, you're not going to believe it. He always calls me kid. Yeah. Kid, you're not going to believe this. Uh, Paul Orndorff almost killed uh, Van Vader, yeah. and he's wearing flip flops. Yeah, if he'd been wearing a pair of high techs, he'd have killed him. Yeah, you know because yeah. he put the boots. Well, you would have flip flop story. No, Paul's tough. I mean, yeah, one, yeah. Uh, a lot of people. The, you know, Atlas. I, I never, I never saw that part of Tony where Tony would get into a verbal jealous with someone like that. I would more see a guy like you know Bud Sawyer wanted to fight all the time, and Matt Bourne, who thought he was tough until Arn beat the crap out. You know, Arn beat the crap out of Matt Bourne. Um, did you see the Vader Orndorff thing? Yeah, I was right. Well, I was right next door. I didn't see it, but I saw I saw Vader laying on the floor, and I heard everybody screaming. And I saw Paul walking out the door. He looked at me and said, "I'm sorry, I couldn't take more shift than the fat guy." Kevin Sullivan says he did it with his bad arm. 
Is that? I mean, yeah, he did. He, he, he already, the one that dropped him, Sullivan says, was. Oh, I don't know about arm. that. Which, which to me was, is like, holy shit, no, that's another level. Let me tell you, you probably saw Paul recently too. He just, you know, been beaten for stage four cancer. I, I didn't recognize him, but yeah. you no, know, in his day, Paul, it was, it was a different business back then. Right. I mean, you know, Orndorff was around back when you know he was. It was him and Snooker against me and Valentine, when Mulligan and all those guys are running around. You know and yeah. We were all in the building one night, Norfolk again, sold out, right? It's Jack and Barry, Barry's first match against Ole and Gene, right? Yeah. And uh, it was me and uh, Valentine against Snuka and uh, Orndorff. And we, I had that two-headed coin, I told you the story, because I hated taking that splash from Jimmy. Jimmy was about 270, right? right. So I flipped the coin with and Valentine. Huh? And rock hard. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather take like the a jump, cushion yeah, the jumping yeah. pile driver, yeah. man. So I felt Valentine was taking that splash every night and I was taking a jumping pile driver. And we weren't winning, it didn't matter, but I hated that splash. He was killing me. So really were watching the match and the, oh, the curtain is, we knew there was going to be a problem with this. Because Jack already slapped Ole at TV one time. And so <laughs> look at the curtain and Barry got in the ring and everything looked great. All of a sudden, Jack didn't like it. Jack just jumped, jumped through the ropes, went over, smacked Gene, slapped Ole, and grabbed Barry, and brought him down and walked to the dressing room and said, you stay here. And he said, he looked at Ole, he said, you guys come in here. They, they walked down the hall. Mulligan was there. Gene and Ole went down the hall. They went for a walk. <laughs> yeah, it was a mistake. Everybody knows that story. It was he Jack was just, he was bingo, right? Yeah. I mean... But I say that in a good way, but he just wouldn't, he was easy to get along with, you know, just, and, and never drank a lot or anything, smoked and that, but boy, he had a, a bad temper, man. So Steve Rick was saying, you know, he really dreaded taking the splash from Superfly. Was there a move you didn't really look forward to? No, I worked with him a lot. I, I didn't like it at 270. <laughs> at, at 220, it was doable. But that splash, I don't care who it is. It's not going to be Eddie Guerrero who weighed 190 pounds every night, you know. But I can't think of anybody's finish that really terrified me because I, I never had to take the Steiner finish to flip. Off oh, jeez, I know. I never had to take the uh, the thing from the Road Warriors. I mean, it just I really never had to take a bad finish from anybody yeah. that that I hated doing. So yeah. I can't really recollect. Yeah, that. I hated that thing too. You know, I was well, watching it today. But how were you about? Let me ask you a question, Rick. Mm -hmm. How were you about uh, sending receipts back? Because I, I always work snug, and but guys always took care of me. But, you know, like I've, I've told a story many times when we was over in Europe and boss man clock, clocked me about seven times and finally I lit his ass up. And that was really the only receipt I'd really ever sent back in a ring. And your illustrious career, uh, and I, I, I guys can, had a lot of respect yeah, for you. But I, mean, I can tell you this. I never sent one back because I don't think I was tough enough. <laughs> and if someone was potato me, they were pretty tough. Yeah. To make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, well, I mean, Brody well, with never. a lot of those guys you just named, it doesn't Yeah, I mean, we all, all, we all make some mistakes in that. But, I mean, I don't remember anybody uh, taking a liver with me ever. Um, uh, but then again, you probably had the fact mm -hmm. that you were, the, you were Ric Flair going for How about Vader? Vader's oh, oh I did, I did have to, give, I had to give yeah. Vader a receipt in that title match in 93. Right. Yeah, for the, because what happened was, it was supposed to be Vader and Sid. Right. And then Sid and Arn had the dispute in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both came home. I was there. They fired Sid. They fired Arn. And that's when I went called Bischoff. And I said, you fire Arn, I'm gone too. Right. So anyway, they because it was in Charlotte, they put mm -hmm. me in the match. He didn't want to do, do the favor. Right, right. And he didn't want to do it. So, yeah, I did have it all with him. Hey, was that the long-ass match y'all had uh, <clears> on pay-per-view? Yes. That was a pretty good match. It was, a, a yeah, match came out great. Yeah. Harley was out there. But, you know, he was pounding me. And Harley looked at me and said, what? Yeah, I remember you telling me this. Yeah, Harley said, Jesus Christ, 
what are you doing? I said, he was on the floor I'm just telling to, you he, this. I'm just trying to get along. He said, Rick, beat this shit. So I started firing back. I, I watched it. I yeah, watched yeah. it the other day. I told yeah. Michael and said, hell, that match is better than I thought it was. It was. It was yeah. a good match. And, uh, but I started lighting him up. Remember the next day he had the black eyes and all but that? But the crowd was hot for you. Yeah, oh, he was God, beating man. my, he, it, yeah. the thing to the ears. He wouldn't hit me here at that thing right. to the ears, you know? Well, it was those, those yeah. Yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like no, Harley said, what are you doing? I said, yeah. I'm just trying to get along. He said, you're really pissing me off. I go, okay, man. And so the next day he had black eyes and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think I'd already seen at that point, I think I, he'd already been dropped to the floor by Orndorff. So I figured it wasn't, he couldn't hurt me too bad. At the very least, snake in a flip-flop. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you something else about Leon. I took that thing off a top rope yeah. from him a hundred times. Yeah. Never hurt anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know the, the funniest thing I got to tell you. You got you. You have to remember this, Steve. Is when Kevin but, but Sullivan. Before you go, but I got to give props to, to to Leon because I love the guy and he's one of the greatest big men in history of the sport. Yeah, so I don't want to come off like we was running him. No, down no, no. I get. I, I love Leon. No, I introduced yeah. Leon at the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. I'm, and I said, thanks so much. I mean, because he, he was a big star in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're just talking about yeah, yeah. things. It's, it's nothing against Leon. This is history. No, no, no. Just, I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, no, Leon, like no I just yeah. said, Leon never, ever hurt me one time. I mean, we'll be right back with the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wielding, son of a gun, and it's Rick Flair. Woo! On Woo Nation. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. The greatest talker in the history of the business is behind the mic once again. This is Woo Nation with Ric Flair. Kevin Sullivan, you know, our, my, our friend, the rocket yeah. scientist, right? He said, Handicap, you and Arn, Daytona, Ocean Center. Do you remember that? Against Leon? Yeah. And, he, and you know, here's Kevin. You'll be like the Wolverine. You'll attack his legs. Arn will attack the upper body, right? Yeah. We got the right. And, of course, Vader overrides. <laughs> like over the years, the things that have made me laugh. Leon gave it the thing to me, right? And then I had to feed in, and, and I was laughing so hard. Arn was so mad. But I said, I didn't book this thing. I was just on the committee. <laughs> He's dropping up on top of Arn. You're like, Arn's standing like, dude, how did you get me involved in this shit again? You booked for that? I, I didn't book it. Sullivan did. But he, he goes to me and Arn, he told me and Arn, he goes, you guys would be like the Wolverine, you know? yeah. the Enforcer, right? I you love when guys spin these ideas, they make them sound. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you're them. the victim. Yeah, now he beats both of us, right? <laughs> Jesus. And then, um, so, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of where I was going with that because, oh, God, Aaron and I, we just been, oh, that, the other time was when Aaron and I against Kevin Green and um, Steve McMichael, right? Yeah. And so... Steve and Michael could actually work. But Mongo could work, right? Kevin never got it. <laughs> Kevin was like, oh, my God. So we got the heat on. Tough dude, too. Oh, yeah. We got the heat on Mongo, right? <laughs> we we gave, gave Kevin the tag. And Kevin's like walking around all day going, I don't want suplex. I don't want suplex. I go, okay. We didn't practice that. Day. No, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So anyway, he gets the tag. And boom, boom, boom. Shoots me in. About kills me with a reverse elbow, right? Suplexes me, and that's where Arn feeds in. And I was over there going, thank God, I'm, you know, making sure I'm alive, right? 
And when Arn came to the ropes, Kevin Green got the three points to end the ER with a four. Oh, wow. It almost killed him. And he was looking at me like, I'm going to kill you. I said, I didn't do anything to do with this. Oh, because it was just, you know, Arn and I were always the guys, here you go, take them, right? I mean, oh. But how fun was yeah. it to ride down the road with Arn oh, after the best. an extravaganza yeah. like that and to hear him with a couple of yeah. beers and oh. him recant the story the, because the he's best. one of the funniest, most sarcastic uh, guys uh, and the quickest witted guys in the history of the Unreal, business. unreal. The greatest line I tell everybody was around the, on the Falcon one night and he and Luger would joust all the time. and So, um, and Luger would call Arn a Super Bowl. You know, he's bouncing around for yeah. you, right? And, and Luger, Luger one time and said, you know, if I could have those chompers in my hand, General Patton could have another set of Pearl Hand revolvers. He goes, you're an orthodontist dream. He would just always, I mean, he was too much. Then he would imitate Luger, you know, honk, yeah. honk. You know, you remember yeah. he... Boom, honk, yeah. boom, honk. Remember when I'm doing that? The punch where he jumped and then give himself a tug. I don't know what the deal was with that. But, oh, yeah, he would, would he could drive. He drove a little bit crazy. Yeah. But everybody, he was just dynamite, man. Yeah, he's a funny. Well, he just had iron over his house. And well, the fun thing would him. be in WCW back in the uh, center stage TV tapings was, you know, they had a two dressing rooms. There would be a monitor, and everybody in the back would be glued to the monitor. Back in, the monitors were like 10 by 10 inches big. I mean, a little bitty son bitch. And so Arn, everybody's dead silence or, you know, ooh, ah, or whatever. And Arn was like the, the voice, the commentary, mm -hmm. and just zinger after zinger after yeah, zinger. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, a, yeah, yeah. Like, the more beer he had, the funnier was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny? He goes, um, you know, we're sitting there, and he was in the booking committee, and, and I was trying to get out of wrestling Hogan again. And they're all boys going, yeah, it'd be great. And so Arn, Arn's analogy was, I wanted to kill him. He goes, it'll be like Florida, Florida State. You remember Florida? Yeah. Florida lost right. 30 during the season. They went to the national championship in the Sugar Bowl, and then Florida beat Florida State 31-30, right? Well, 31-30 is what Florida State beat by during the regular season, went to the Sugar Bowl, and Florida beat back. He said, you know, this time they'll fully expect, they'll never think you're going to win, and you will. I said, Arn, I'm never going to win here. I'm never beating Hogan. <laughs> what are you talking about? But that was Arn's analogy. I wanted right. to kill him again. Florida, Florida State, me, Hogan. What are you talking about, man? Uh, so many good times. So, uh, Steve, were you in uh, WCW by the time Rick went to WWF, or had you not made your way up yet? Man, did I go to WWF before you, or did you go up there before me? No, I'm talking well, not, I, I've been in WCW. Like, uh, he left in 91. Uh, he wasn't in the business. He was still in college in 91. No, no, no. no, no, no. I broke in in 89. I was 90 rookie of the year. I was still down in uh, USWA till about 91 and a half or two, and that's when I got a call from Dusty, and that's when I came in. Okay, so he had already left. Were you? I, I don't think you were there when I first got in. Uh, he came back in January of 93. I came you, back, you came in, back? In, in 90, 92. Okay. 93. 93. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you were down to Orlando TV taping. So yeah. Then I don't think I don't think you were there when I initially got there, but then you came back and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was. Um, I just I came back and that's when the thing happened with Oli. Dude, I, that's so damn long ago. It's really yeah. hard to remember some of those times. Yeah, I forgot. I mean that that's that TV taping and after it reminded me so much when I got to TNA, the little run that I had there. You know, you're working in front of a crowd that's paid. 
to, to be it's just yeah, part of the, the general yeah, yeah. It's a part of a ticket yeah, yeah, that yeah. In, includes the, the theme park and it's yeah. yeah you know it's like tna you're not even wrestling you can't gauge you know like I mean, i'm wrestling kurt angle right and people are and anybody can have a match with kurt right sure and at tna but you you know you'd have to have a guy like him or sting to have a match because the people were not conditioned to be there they were just people in the theme park and said hey let's go watch wrestling you know, all no no allegiance to anybody. Didn't really get it. Just making noise, and and I said, I just looked one time at the, the, the Dixie Carter. I said, you're never going to be able to get a grip on your product until you get in front of a live audience that they're paying admission to come see your ticket. I mean, then they started going. It has an invested interest in the talent that's performing in the ring, in in order to get behind or or boo somebody. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, it, was, it was Jesus just, Christ. It was yeah, they, they don't know who nobody is. What really makes a shit? Well, that just it. And, and I felt that the first time I walked out there. They, they know who I was. They knew who Hogan was, obviously. They knew Kurt, you know, because of our exposure right. from WWE. You know, well, and the worst that. thing is to watch two guys go out there and work their asses off, and nobody gives a shit because they don't know who they are. Yeah. And so they're just going through the mechanics of yeah. having a match. Yeah. And if, if the crowd's not going to be invested, every time you do something, you do something to yeah. elicit a response and go accordingly. Yeah. And nobody ain't doing shit because you know, they don't care. It's just, it's it's hard. You feel sorry for the guys out there having to put in the work, and nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, when I got there, I mean, AJ Styles could work. He could work like Shawn Michaels. I don't know why WWF don't hire Styles right now. I don't know. He can work like like like. Uh, he's never going to be able to sell like that. But mechanically, he's he's Shawn Michaels. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, I would put him on a Shawn Michaels level. But man, no, no, no. But stuff, I mean, the like, stuff that he can do in the ring, yeah. as talented as he is, yeah. I believe the kid deserves a run in the WWF. Yeah, no, I didn't say it was Shawn Michaels, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, the, the, I never seen him work like out there. The kid can do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got a good body on. I've him. never he's even good met enough him. Size. I think he's badass. Yeah, really nice kid. And, do you uh, think it's just because of the TNA stain, so to speak? Well, he's not even there. Anymore. Anymore. I, I think he, that's he, a part of it. Yeah, but, but I think. Man, why yeah. not go out there and cherry pick some of those guys? Yeah. Because some of them go. I mean, here's the thing: when when you look at the WWE roster right now, they're still a very green talent base. And mm -hmm. that's not saying this with disrespect to anybody in the locker room, but it's a very green yeah. locker yeah. room. Man, if you can bring in a couple of vets, I mean, that dude's been around the horn for a yeah. long time. And look at the recent guys that have had success there. You know, Sami Zayn, damn near a 15-year vet. Yeah. Finn Ballard's now getting Kevin cranked Owens. out. 13, 14, 15 years. Kevin Owens, damn near 15 Seth years. Seth Rollins, 10 years. Seth Rollins, okay, so Seth you're talking about the, the guys who have got are getting yeah. over or getting yeah. good shots. It's the guys with 10-plus years' experience. Yeah. They're exactly new to the system, but they ain't new to the business. Yeah. So, hey, AJ Styles, here you go. Welcome aboard. Let me ask you, and I, he's heard me say this, okay, because you are like me, okay, and like a lot of other guys. But I look at um, one of the problems I have today, which is old school thinking, right? But I used to tell my son this when Reed was looking at wrestling and what is that everybody except for The Undertaker, and I may, I'm missing a few guys, wrestled in trunks and boots. Okay, Flair, Anderson, Blanchard, Wyndham. I'm going back, you know, before your time, yeah. right? Orton, Slater, Harley. Did they wear a robe? Yeah. Did you wear a vest? Yeah. You, The Rock, Hunter, Shawn Michaels, long tights. But I mean, right. Um, and you know, so many guys. You know, well, it's not. It's getting better now, but it's these gimmicks, you know, and where it was like, you know, you when you came out, boom, the music. It was Steve, right? Now all the guys, and I get it. 
because times have changed, but nobody sold more merchandise than you. You didn't wear your 316 shirt to the ring. No. No, everybody wears their damn merchandise now. I mean, there's like nothing, there's no creation in in a in an outfit that, like Sean, the, the chaps and all that stuff, right? And you had the vest, I had the robes. I mean, Hunter did all the stuff, but at the end of the day, it was tights and boots. And now, I mean, the guys are, it's just like, Everybody's wearing their t-shirt. What, what, can you imagine if you wore your t-shirt, how many you would have sold? Hey, this is a true story. I, I've told you this. When I first came, got, when I first came back in 2001, and you were just there, you would just. I think probably just came back. Yeah, you came back, and we did. And we turned you bayface that night that I started in November of 2001. Then I wrestled, and you stayed for about another year and a half. Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> so, but I'm in Anaheim at the pond. And I, I'm new to everybody there, right? But I knew all the guys, but I didn't know anybody in the company. <clears throat> and the guy says, man, we killed it again tonight with uh, Austin and Rock. And I go to the guy, you'll probably know this story. And I go to the guy, what do you mean? He said, well, we sold 16,000 uh, Austin t-shirts wow. tonight and 15,000 Rock t-shirts. I said, you're shitting me. He said, no. We do. He said, Rick, we do it every night. I said, see, you sold 16 or whatever the capacity was. Right. I mean, you, I, you know, I, I go, I said, I said, now I know that all that shit I hear about Steve making that money is true. Jeez. <laughs> you and Rock were killing it, man, huh? Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. So I use the Game Time app. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets to everything you might want. Yes, wrestling, but sports, music, comedy, man, even theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, man, you just can't beat that. So stop stressing over the tickets. Start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. What I like best about the game time app experience, at least from my perspective, is it's easy to find and buy tickets, but here's my favorite part of that. I don't have to guess what my seat view is going to look like. They show you images of what your seat view is going to be like. That means no surprises, but you know me, I'm always uh, paying attention to the money. They offer a lowest price guarantee. They even have event cancellation protection, even job loss protection. Talk about peace of mind. Let me explain. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has the tickets that you need even up until the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, everything. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. Now check this out. This is a guarantee you won't see everywhere. If you find the tickets in the same section and the same row for less money, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's peace of mind. My favorite piece though, again, I want to say again, you get images of your seats before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect before you arrive. And by the way, you can buy these tickets in a matter of seconds. Seriously, two taps and you're all set. The tickets will be sent straight to your phone. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Just download the game time app, create an account and use the code flare for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code flare for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It was I mean, I'm not asking you for a yeah, number, but no, I mean, but this, was... this guy was volunteering this to me. He said, Rick, because, you know, Steve and I really got to know each other and we'd talk and, you know, and he had the greatest gimmick. I mean, Steve would go out there. We were in Buffalo one time and the show was an afternoon show and we got done like seven o'clock and he was out there and Iron goes, let's get out. And I'm sitting there watching Steve because I was on earlier and Iron was the agent, right? And 
and watches TV out there. He sat out there for an hour and drank beer with the fans. I said, what are you doing? He said, I got where am I going to go? Back to the hotel? He just sat out in the ring. And we, they kept a thousand fans for an hour after the show. Wow. People are saying, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he did, you did that every night, though, I did right? that for a couple of times. Uh, you, know, you remember Buffalo that time? I can't remember that time, but one time we was in the garden. It was someplace like that, and those guys are all union. And so mm-hmm. we kept staying, was drinking beer, drinking beer, and no one ever told me to go home. So uh, next week, go go to Monday Night Raw, and he goes, Vince says, uh, can I talk with you? I said, yeah. He goes, I just want to let you know that you cost me uh, $14,000 in overtime wages for, for staying out there so long. And so I'm kind of like, well, I'm on the spot. I said, you know, what are you going to say? I said this. I said, all right, I'll split it with you. He goes, no, you ain't got to split it with me. I'll catch it, but next time, don't do it so long. Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay. So anyway, next night, go out there. So, yeah. so uh, same thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Kevin Dunn gets on the house mic. Steve, time to go home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. So we avoided the fines from then on yeah. out. But yeah, we were just out there having a good time. Yeah, well, we were just in the garden recently. And as a matter of fact, it was, it's sad to think about now. I was there. For the Hulk Hogan night, right? And uh, yeah, last year. Yeah, and they had and they grossed like a million dollar gate, right? And they broke even. Hell of a gate. It co- no, but they, that's broke how much even on a million dollar gate. Something like that. They said we're just you know because it costs so much. Ridiculous now. The rent now is ridiculous. You haven't heard that? No. Steve? Yeah, I mean I don't. I, I may be Jesus off by a couple Christ. hundred thousand dollars, but you know, they were saying you guys sold out. But it, you see, they don't run it nearly as much if you think about it. Meltzer says it's hundreds of thousands of dollars for one night. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Which well, I nice. mean, I don't know, but I mean, you notice they used to run it you know, once every two months. They run it twice a year or three times a year now, yeah, right? I used to love that building. Yeah. My second favorite building to work in. My favorite was the Rosemont Horizon because there's a wood ceiling in it. Yeah. The acoustics were crazy there. What was your favorite building to work in? Greensboro? I'm just, I'm just well, guessing. Well, Greensboro was before WCW had messed up. Greensboro killed it. Uh, they killed Greensboro. They killed Charlotte. Um but just my, as, my far, just as far as, like, Chicago was a stronghold for, for me to yeah. get with. Now, I love I love working in the garden because how special it was, and I like the Houston Summit. So I like various buildings for different reasons. Yeah. But I always say uh, uh, Rosemount Horizon in Chicago is my favorite. So what would yeah. you say would be your uh, favorite? Uh, mine would be either uh, that or St. Louis. Yeah, St. Yeah, Louis. I, I, I was never a big card in the garden. People say to me, you must, you know, you must, I, I never drew any big money in the garden. I really didn't. I mean, I wrestled Hulk, and you know, I I think we sold out. But when I wrestled Roddy, right. we didn't sell out. Right. I mean, because I people didn't know me when I first came up there in '90. But the thing about the garden, the garden was a hard crowd. Yeah, yeah Chicago yeah. was it was. I mean, they're so rabid there. Yeah. I mean, from sports in general, from from their baseball, football, and their baseball teams, uh, they just men are just rabid. And so when wrestling came in there, and that's when I finally. Started getting the feeling, hey man, the tide's really changing. This crowd is really endorsing what I'm doing, and Chicago is part of the big reason I started getting a little heads up. Hey, I'm getting over here. These yeah. people are going crazy. Yeah. Wait, what? What? What was your take? You know, well, this was going on. You know, we got. We, I know we can't talk to you all day long, but I really appreciate. It. What was your take, knowing that you were the, the most influential part of keeping the doors open up here while you were looking at. At our product, I know we had your show on in Gorilla, and our show, right? I'm sure right. Vince did too, if I remember correctly. You probably had our show on to see what was going on. Yeah, yeah. What was your take? I mean, were you thinking, oh, screw? I mean, I, I sat there and I was down there, and I was mad because they would actually go out on the air 
and say, you know, we're going to close you down. Right. And these are guys that made a fortune working for Vince. Right. You know, and Bischoff leading the deal, right? I mean, right. you know, I mean, everything comes around in full circle, but it just like Vince is this guy, he, he, he's got this ability to, to forgive and forget. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or think or, or about taking, take, or, um, Someone said he's he, he's always looking at money, dollar signs, and all that. But I mean, what, you, what were you guys thinking? What the hell? I mean, during the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, man, I, I was just thinking like uh, I just remember we do like a real good show, and this is after a while, and and we we're getting our ass handed to us for two years in a row, and I was saying, man, what's it going to take to beat these guys? And so I, I never really, I, y'all had a hot open. I love to open that show, the flames and all that stuff. Yeah. I kind of dug y'all's open, but then I dug ours too. But then all of a sudden, man, y'all just had a bunch of good shit going on. And so I was so so immersed in the angles and doing everything that we did. I, I didn't, I couldn't dwell on y'all. No, no, but, but I mean, it. nobody was forcing you to pay attention to that. Then. No. no. Okay, yeah. Man, I was just yeah. doing my thing. We yeah. were running up down the road, and it was crazy. I yeah. remember we did the Pillman gun angle. And, and at that time, man, uh, we were the two, both territories were crossing in the same uh, mm-hmm. airport. They're in Cincinnati, and I was going to another place, and they were coming in, and Shivani and all those guys came. Why was that with you? Yeah, the, with I the was, boys, the yeah. boys, and everybody said hello. But I, I mean, was at the memorial uh, with you. Do what? Yeah, I was at the memorial with you. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a weird time, but it was so competitive, man. I didn't pay attention to really what was going on. I just knew that we were we were really starting to make a movement, and we were starting to gain oh, yeah. traction. The business was really picking up, yeah. and both both uh, companies were doing such stupid numbers that. The, the biggest winners out of everybody was the pro wrestling fans. Of course. They go back and forth Absolutely. like a kid in a candy yeah. store, man. Yeah. That's great. One, watch another. Well, you know, that's funny because Kevin Sullivan, who I've always regarded as a real smart guy, he made a phenomenal statement the other day to he and I on the podcast. The network, right? The thing that is cool about the network, but it's always going to hurt the product today, is they can go back and look at Steve Austin yep. punching out Mike Tyson. They can go back and look at Steve Austin wrestling Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and they, what are those matches? Uh, well, I was talking to Bret about it. The famous match you guys the WrestleMania had. WrestleMania 13. No, the, the hour-long. Well, not well, I, the, not oh, I quit. The, the Shawn was the Iron Man. The, the, the Iron, Iron Man. Man. But you wrestled Shawn, Iron Man, and Bret, right? Both. Uh, no, Bret, Bret and Shawn had the Iron Man. I never wrestled an hour my entire career. Oh, okay. I thought he, we... he wrestled Bret the next year at the Rosemont in Chicago at WrestleMania 13. Yeah. Oh, but it wasn't a, wasn't an hour long match. Oh hell no, man! Oh, I didn't know. I was okay. stunk a joint out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know. But Have I mean, you seen yeah. that match? No, but I mean, I, I I just I get I don't think I've ever seen it. No, but I'm saying the people and, and Sullivan said that what's killing it, it's going to be not the downfall, but you know if you got the network right, it's very sophisticated. I can't work it. I have to have him show me. But right. if you can go back and look at like I pulled it back, him, I saw Seth today. I told at Rollins. Will be the next Randy Orton. He's that good. Right. And but the problem is, it takes, as you know, years to get that brand. But they, it's not because they're not trying. But they got like Ziggler's a hell of a worker too. But right. they, it's like Iron says, everybody bats five hundred around here. Right. You know, well, you didn't bat five hundred. Either did the Rock. You know, right. I always batted about one twenty. <laughs> but I won 16 times. Yeah. <laughs> Does that you make sense? When you needed to. Yeah, exactly. Or you always got the heat back. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing about Dusty, man. We lost in the arena every night, but we got ton of heat on Dusty right. every TV. Steve, something I didn't know, I found out the other day that Arn has kind of been John Cena's agent his entire time in WWE. 
Has that always been the case? And, and if so, who was your agent during your Jack Lanza, I got the answer. Uh, Black Jack Lanza had, had a lot of my matches, many of my matches. And then, you know, uh, Pat Patterson was paramount yeah. in The Rock's career, especially with regards to finishes. And a, a big impact on Rock's career. Of course, don't get me wrong, Rock was phenomenal in his own right. And then, uh, but yeah, Black Jack Lanza was really helpful for me. Uh, Jerry Briscoe would chip in and, and help me. Uh, George Animal still, but Black Jack Lanza always had my matches. Yeah. No, I was there. We were in Kansas City. I loved it. Because yeah. Lanza, you knew I was a big fan. I always got the inside scoop of what was going on, the scope of the action. As a matter of fact, I got to referee one of Steve's matches. <laughs> Didn't you hate referee? I hated referee. I hated it. But because, you, because, I mean, I've been in the ring. You've been yeah. in the ring twice as long yeah. as I have. Yeah. But and, and as much as you've wrestled and you kind of know what a referee does, all of a sudden you're wearing a striped yeah, shirt. Forget it. You don't really know what to forget. do. I mean, you, you, you get the forget basics, yeah. but staying out of the way yeah. and just, you know, yeah. the, you know the, the mannerisms, yeah. it's a whole different ball yeah, game, is. mister. It is. Yeah, it is. And I, I refereed his match with somebody. And when I came back through, Vince said, that's your last referee job. You're the <laughs> worst referee. I said, I, I never said I was a good referee. Because I get, you, did you wrestle to Hunter that night or something like that? I can't, I can't remember. remember. But I was a referee with the Kemper Arena in, yeah. in Kansas City. And, oh, Jesus. But I couldn't win with him. You know, yeah, 80s heels don't draw. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I, I used to love watching matches just to watch Tommy Young referee. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was great. I yeah. love Earl yeah. Hebner as a yeah. referee. There's been yeah. a bunch of guys I like, but man, yeah. Tommy Young was a son bitch. He'd go flying around and his manners yeah. were perfect. I mean, y'all yeah. had good chemistry yeah. anytime y'all yeah. were doing something with another guy. Yeah, he the push, man. Yeah, yeah. It made a lot of and matches look good. Like, like, these days, I mean, the, 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 they don't even put over the, the referees anymore because, yeah. like, you know, when Earl's over, baby Earl's mm. over. Yeah. Uh, Tim White was over. Yeah. Uh, but now they're just they're just generic and they don't yeah. they don't they don't hardly really mention them. No, I know. Almost ineffective. Yeah, I know. And it's too bad because a referee is yeah. part of the match. Yeah, I and know. I'm not going to say they're going to sit there and draw you money, but when Tommy Young's referee in a match, yeah. I know it's a big deal. Yeah, no, it was, and then that when he I was there the night when he got his neck broken, uh, refereeing the match. It was a, 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 yeah, was an accident deal. with uh, Tommy Rich. It was yeah. you know very unfortunate, but. It ended Tommy's career. That you know, neck surgery wasn't as sophisticated back then as it is now. He might still be able, but I mean, these neck injuries. I mean, Steve, we're talking to you. So, how much are they going to have to pay to take ten Germans <laughs> in Dallas before we let you go? Because you have to before we let you go. We got to ask you. We're going to three things. You know what? Last time to me, you said word association. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's start right here. How much are they going to have to pay to wrestle Lesnar at WrestleMania? <laughs> I see a whole lot of things in my future. In my near future, it's going to be some Mexican food downstairs. Okay. In my projected future, I don't see myself at 32 taking Germans from anybody. Okay. Much less the beast incarnate Brock okay. Lesnar. Okay. All right. One of my favorites. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Who's winning? Who's winning? Uh, we can't do that because yeah. it's going to be after the fact. Okay. I was going to ask you what your outcomes of this week coming up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, as we speak right now, I'm talking to Ric Flair on – Thursday afternoon, SummerSlam will have already happened by the time you listen to this podcast. Yeah, there you go. So my prediction is that Undertaker, and this is uh, me predicting the future, mm-hmm. my, my prediction is that Undertaker goes over. How about, um, that's a lot of people's prediction. How about, um, the, and the only reason I question it is because uh, the e- ESPN exposure that Brock has brought to the product. You know, they're actually having like game day with Coach. 
Did you know that? No, I didn't know at that. At Barclays Center. They're having game day. Like, right. with no, I think it's great. Coach hosting it, and he's been on ESPN. Yeah. And his interviews bring some, it's because of UFC, obviously, right. but they bring a lot of national attention. Um, I think Taker has to win, too. How about Cena Rollins? Uh, okay, so, but but you just said Taker has to go over, too. I think so, Because yes. I thought the word on the street was they go back to for the big match at 32. It's going to yeah. be the rubber match, and that one Brock goes over. Because Taker rides off into the sunset. Yeah. Brock moves to the future to, co- to continue yeah. drawing houses. That's the way I see that. So then you said Seth Rollins versus Cena. I didn't know that match had been made. Uh, it's 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 uh, championship. It, it's U.S. Oh, championship. US, yeah. Against world double championship. championship. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, boy, you talk about a tough one. Man, I'd love to say Rollins goes over. I haven't followed the storylines, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Cena goes over. Okay. I think I think Cena has to win this one just because uh, he did some good business with Kevin Owen, dropped a win, for, uh, dropped one to him, beat him twice, but really got Kevin uh, Owens uh, elevated. Right. Yep. But I think at this time, with Rollins uh, has a good head of steam because of his workmanship, I think Cena's got to go over the, on this one, and then you build a something to WrestleMania, or unless he drops this one, and then they take this to, to WrestleMania, and then he wins there. Yeah. So there's he, two ways to look at it, because there's not a whole lot of guys for this guy to work with. That, that, the, I'm, What's my, your prediction? My thinking is that Seth Rollins is the only guy with any steam on him right now. Uh, okay. Legitimate is a heel, right? Yeah. And if you beat him now, and Cena has two titles. Okay. What does it mean? What does John do with two titles? Well, you are right about that. But what? What, what if you run somebody down, uh, cause the screw job finish, take it into yeah. the that, three-way? You give me your give me your idea. Go ahead. Well, my, my pitch was, shame. You know, Sheamus comes in, cashes in. Hunter sends him. So he's money in the bank. He, he cashes in okay. his money in the bank and just lays down and lets Seth beat him. Right. So then the next day he's on the authority. And then Seth awards him the U.S. title as a thank you. And they've kind of replaced Kane with Sheamus because Sheamus doesn't really do anything right now. So you let him do that, and now he's over as a heel, and he's back in the authority. Okay, so that's interesting. But, again, I haven't seen the product lately, yeah. so I'm just well, trying I'm to just get it. But, but your point is, the, what do you do with Cena with two, with two right, titles exactly, on him? Exactly, yeah. I, I, yeah, and I love And he can't John tie Cena. me. No, I know, but he I love He can't tie John me, Cena, Steve. Are you kidding? Here's the thing. <laughs> I love John Cena, but but if you put two belts on that kid, yeah, I mean I think it's it's going to intensify the heat that he's got on. Yeah, him. Already, no, I mean yeah. I love him. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's going to go down as one of the we, best of all. We love Cena. Cena sucks. Run that he's yeah. having. Yeah. But Thirteen I'm years. At, I'm looking at the IWC, and it's going to bring him some hard times. Yeah, yeah. I see but, that and too. there's not a harder worker in, in the damn business right now. They're about to do his 500 Make a Wish. And that cat's always got a smile on his face. He's got his nose brutally busted. He oh, comes back yeah. from every single injury early. Uh, he's not the greatest worker in the world. Mm, he's a flagship, though. He's a damn good worker. And every one of his matches, you watch the way he lights yeah. up that crowd. Yeah. Mm. There's electricity in every arena he goes to mm. every time he gets in the ring, especially when it's a high-profile match. So, and, and again, he's not the greatest worker in the world. But can he go? Yes. Yeah. People, people. He's very polarizing. People either love to love him or they love to hate him, but they yeah. all respect him. Yeah, Let me ask but, he's a special a guy. About him, has there been a guy in history where he's getting booed like that at the beginning of the match consistently, but then at the end he gets a standing ovation? I ain't never seen I, nothing like it in my I, career. I never yeah. have in my life either. No, I it's strange. Got a ton of credit because they, you talk about a head trip. He's walking on the edge of a razor blade. I mean, because anything could happen anytime he goes out there. He rides that lightning bolt straight down the middle. Ain't never seen nothing like it in my life. Yeah, and even like I, I text Stephanie. About three months ago or four months ago, she seen a Stephanie in the ring, right. right? And she goes, what does it feel like to know that everybody in this building hates you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You loser. 
<laughs> you know, right. Stephanie can be a real eagle man. Right. But, you know, and I, and I, I text her, you need someone with a little more bass in your voice to joust with, because John's <laughs> got to be politically right. right? But, um, but I mean, she, they, they basically, they talk about the fact that he gets booed. Yeah. Yeah. He wins the world title. He walks out in Boston, his home state, and they boot him out of the building. It's just strange. But let me tell you something. You mm-hmm. take that man off the roster, you yeah. send that card out on, the, out on the road, Yeah. watch how many people come to the building. Yeah. yeah. I'd say 30 40% less. No, I agree with you. That's yeah. I'm a huge John man. Cena fan, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's the flagship, and like you said, he does everything. Yeah. He just, but I just, I don't know. I can't see... I, I don't see him taking the steam off uh, Seth Rollins. That, no, that's, 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 what, a, that's a very good point. Again, you, you've seen the product more than I have. Well, I'm just seeing, I, I'll tell you right now, which everybody knows, it's the hardest ticket to get. Oh, yeah, it's sold out. I mean, every I got, what's his name, who's manager? Justin Timberlake's manager calling me for tickets. I call John Porco. They're gone. Yeah. They're not available. And how often does that happen? I mean, they can always get somebody in, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So, so, Steve, as a fan, what do you think of uh, the possibility? It seems like it's going to happen of seeing a tying or perhaps beating Rick's world title reign, 16. Oh. Man, I, I think uh, that's interesting because uh, I won three Royal Rumbles and no one's surpassed that yet, and that's only three Royal Rumbles. For some reason, you know, Vin, Vince has all this logged down in these books, and he's, he's very meticulous about how he protects certain things. So it will it will be very interesting. Where's seen at right now? Is one behind He's or dead 15. even? He's fifteen right now. You're sixteen. Yes, sir. So uh, that I could see him tying Rick, it'd be hard for me to see him beating Rick. Uh, but then again, that being said, because how many of your championships were NWA? Uh, eight. Okay, because of that fact, uh, he'll he'll make up something that. If he gets to 17, his were all WWE, and, and Rick's place is still special. For me, as a fan, I get what time it is. And I want to say this uh, in, in the right way. Rick was the 16, 16-time world champion in, in a war where there was just depths and depths of people on the roster. Right. And, and this was just said on my podcast the other day. I was talking to Sean Waltman, X-Pac. I said, who's the greatest world champion of all time? Without hesitation, he goes, it'd have to be Flair because he's the last guy that did it worldwide. And I said, yes, you're damn right he did. So with all due respect to John Cena, if he was to get to 17 and, and they eclipse your number of 16, does it mean the same? In a guy's book like mine, Stone Cold Steve Austin, my thoughts, it's not even the same ballpark. And that's with due, that's with due respect to John Cena, who I love, but but you're the man, and that's the end of the story. Yeah, can you just, could you footnote, and you, can you footnote that by saying, and Stone Cold said so? Yeah, and Stone Cold said so. So, Conrad, so say, say Cena one day goes, because theoretically the kid's got three to five years left in the sure. gas yeah. tank. Yeah. No yeah, telling. Sure. Yeah, yeah. At, any night, at any time you go to the ring, it could be your last. Yeah. But but say he got to 17. What what would that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like it. But I, one of the things I don't understand is how the WWE doesn't acknowledge all of them. You know, when, when Rick put in Fujinami this year, they showed Fujinami winning the big gold NWA belt. But they don't even acknowledge that the right. WWE doesn't. So that, that I beat him. Technically, right. it's 21. Yeah. Right. I just think it's going to be funny now that yeah. Rick's been branded all well, these years at 16. They'll right. move it to 21 okay. if if Cena gets 17. Okay. Well, let, let, but in your eyes as a wrestling fan, uh, who, it doesn't who, mean as much now. Who who really defines the world champion, the role of world champion better, John Cena or Ric Flair? Oh, Ric Flair. Okay, and and again, this is all due respect to oh, John Cena. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. John's, well, you're my friend too. And let's let's go on to something else. First of all, let, let me close out because I got to get something. We've yeah. held, kept you too long. Okay, uh, first of all, I want to say I don't care. You know, I don't think about it. I don't have any bells hanging in my room or house. I'm lucky I had more fun than anybody alive. That I know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've been drunk with you. I had, it was you last night. I mean, I went to bed going, and you sent that tweet out. I'm going, all right. Because you can't get these yeah, kids. Yeah, but notice nothing. I said we only had a few beers. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm saying because getting these guys, man, yeah. trying to come out, holy cow. I said, I told Seamus today, I said, well, Austin really made you look bad last night, man. Even Steve comes out once in a while. And uh, so we had a good time laughing. But the way I would like to go off this, because the things that I used to love, and I mean, I'm a mark for Steve, right? Give me a 30-second or minute of one tequila, two beers, like like you're talking to the crowd, like you used to do. I can't do that. Give me 30 <laughs> seconds, though. Tonight, tomorrow, I will. Yeah. No, don't do it on the podcast. Give me one. <laughs> I can't yeah. do one that. cold Corona, two <laughs> shots of a tequila. I can't do it. One, <laughs> please. I, I'm not in character. <laughs> so you have to have a couple to do eaten, that? I haven't eaten since 7 a.m. I'm starving. Oh, well, I'm going to feed you right now. I'm buying lunch. But if we have a couple tonight, we'll come back and we'll open the podcast and I'll do bring, it. I'll bring my recorder <laughs> Yeah. But you got to tell them to turn that godforsaken music That's down so we can actually have a conversation. I'll pay the. I'll pay the. I already know. I heard now. you say you're back here at ten fifteen. You worked two hours. Yeah, uncle. hard time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, real quick before we mm-hmm. finish this up, Sting is is back with WWE. Obviously, you have a big relationship with Sting over the years. We've done a little fantasy booking. What would you do with Sting, Steve? Well, I can't believe that they beat him. Was it Mania last year? Yeah, yes. man, I, I brought him in here and they beat him. Uh, clean in the middle, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no, they had run. They the ran into NWO. NWO. Yeah. Was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The big smiles. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I didn't so like that I, I myself. Didn't, I, I thought, man, you bring Sting in and you, you beat him, man. I do something where it looks like you're going to do the screw job, but then something happens. So then he goes over on Triple H, mm-hmm. who we all love. Yeah. Sure. So, but if you're going to bring Sting in, put him over, and so then uh, maybe, maybe does he is he in SummerSlam? No, well, they haven't he's, announced he, anything. No, no, he did the game tonight and going home. I, t- I got, okay, well, I anyway. got your, I got your travel. You leave at eight o'clock in the morning. Okay, so, so dude, <laughs> uh, as far as what do you do with Sting? I don't know. I think he's got another high profile match with him. You let him uh, keep uh, going like crazy in the gym. Uh, put send the ring down to wherever he's living. Keep knocking all that ring rust off. He's in, he's in Dallas now. Do what? He's in Dallas now. I know. Yeah. So just send him a ring, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd, I'd like to see him at WrestleMania. Now, do, do I know who you'd put him with? No, I don't have any idea. But would I like to see Sting have another match with the WWF? Yes, I would. Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who would be a great opponent for Sting. Who? And I, this, is, this is who I wish he would have wrestled this year and won. Kane, okay? But now that I've seen this other kid, Kevin Owens. Right. Kevin Owens, who is a legitimate heel, right. would be a great opponent for Steve in uh, Dallas. Because right. Owens has got enough steam on him now. He actually is a heel. Do you think they'll put Sting in the Hall of Fame this year since in Dallas? I don't know if they're going to put Sting in the Hall of Fame this year. It's funny. I talked to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and he doesn't feel like Sting is Hall of Fame worthy because he was never the guy. He says technically he never drew. And I, I think I'm stating this uh, correctly. Uh, Dave can please give me a call if, I, if I'm not. But uh, for his longevity, for the type of run that he had, I feel, in, in my opinion, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's definitely Hall of Fame worthy. And whether they put him in in Dallas or whenever, he should be in the Hall of Fame. 
I agree totally too. Yeah, yeah he worked I, hard. I the dude meant so much to the to the business mm. of wrestling. I remember driving down to WCW before they hired me, and Matt Bourne made that road trip with me. He was working down the USWA too, and Sting was over like crazy. He had the lime green trucks. I remember like mm. it was yesterday. It painted mm. up, had the hair yeah. spiked, and he had that place lit on fire. So yeah. just due to the, the the length of time he's had in the business, the, the type of run, the impact he's had on people. Yeah, was he ever like the the number one guy in the history of the business? No, but man, he was badass and solid and a top guy. Yeah, yeah. Steve Austin, thank you. We're honored to have you had you today, and uh, <clears throat> we got to get Steve some Mexican food. He's got to go to a two K party tonight, which I'm not invited to, as a result of me <laughs> my, my behavior with Steve two years ago. Steve's invited. I'm not. It's okay. I'll wait for Steve to come back and. And Steve's going to give me a little toast tonight. We're bringing his equipment downstairs. But thank you so much, Steve. And uh, um, continued success. Um, love your career. Uh, I told you last night that movie you made uh, with the car. And I mean, I think you're on top of your game. Uh, everything you touch seems to be turning to gold. It should. You deserve it. And in my estimation, as I set up my Hall of Fame induction, you are the biggest star in the history of the business. And I don't see anybody coming along right now. John Cena, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. You're the biggest star in the history of the business. And I'm talking about a rock, too, because it, you did it longer, and you stayed with it and wrote it out, and you brought something that no one had ever seen, and that was controversial TV. You know, like you can't do the things that you did back then, but it worked, oh, and yeah. it kept WWE afloat. So God bless you, and thank you. Hey man, good being on your on your show. I appreciate that. I got lucky for most of it, but it, it, I had yeah. a good time doing it. And yeah. I always appreciate the fan base that sticks with me, and I lucky to be on the, the cover of the two K sixteen video game. And uh, thanks for uh, having me on your podcast. I wanted to be able to return the favor because uh, you was on my show a couple times, so it's it's great to talk with you. And of course, oh, I my, was, and then you're I, my favorite pro wrestler yeah. in the history of the business. Well, so, well, thank you. And then pleasure. I had to go away. I know. <laughs> we won't say where. We'll go away tonight. We'll meet yeah. down at the bar. Yeah, I, I, went, I, I went fishing for a month. <laughs> Without any beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, man. God bless you. Right, Conrad, how about this one? The best podcast yet. Oh, you know, you know what's going to happen now? We're going to come out. We're going to be ranked higher than Steve Austin. How about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Woo! Fight Plus is the ultimate digital platform for live sports and entertainment, and they're now offering a free seven-day trial at TryFight.com. Fight Plus is packed with a premium live event schedule, over a thousand hours of live action every year, and a library of more than four thousand hours on demand, plus exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. Fight is a great partner of ours. They support us, so let's support them. Give that free seven-day trial a shot, and you'll be a member for life. That's tryfight.com. T R Y F I T E.com. Woo! Woo! Wings. Now open for delivery from Uber Eats and Postmates in these fine cities. Delicious anytime. And the perfect meal tonight while you're watching wrestling. Woo! Wings. Legendary flavors. World Championship Wings. Woo! For a full list of locations, visit RicFlairWings.com. Join in right in the action. Ric Flair Woo Wings. 
amazing. Somebody rent me some more. More Wu Wings. Woo! Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. An all-new mailbag series debuts later this month on Adfree Shows as we pick the brain of a man who has spent 40-plus years in the wrestling business. Longtime WCW and WWE referee Nick Patrick answers your questions. And Kurt Angle. We get a beer on it. Our meal, no, no, it ended up being my own blood. Austin had, had, had the title. It had the little jagged edges on it, right? And they had a deal where, where uh, uh, Angle pulled me in and I took a belt shot. A little bonus content comes your way, courtesy of the Kurt Angle Show. A dream match became a reality back in 2016 as Kurt Angle squared off against Cody Rhodes on the Independent. For the first time, Kurt watches back his match against the American Nightmare. This kid's really talented. He's selling the ankle here on the leapfrog, went down on it awkwardly. He's outside the ring talking to the referee. This is, like you said, all part of the match plan. Hey, start to show that weakness in the ankle. Yeah, yeah, this was uh, his idea to uh, make it look like he hurt his ankle so that when he did lose, <laughs> I love he had it. something to gripe about. Ad-free show members have chatted one-on-one with AEW stars like Eddie Kingston, Dax Harwood, Ricky Starks, and many more, including a recent live interactive session with Renee Paquette. He still continues to do that. He's on commentary in AEW. Um, so it, I think it was cool for him to kind of put on that analyst hat and get to kind of test out those waters a little bit. But end of the day, it was a thing that I think made him feel like, you know what, wrestling can be okay again. I can have fun in the wrestling space again. And and now we have CM Punk Wrestling. So you're welcome. That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com. 